Hello there, my name's Pete and this is Social Distancer. So Sunday Times came out with an article looking back at the UK government's response since January. Uh, damning, you know, I mean, none of it is a surprise, but it's made a lot of, you know, headlines in its own right uh, as, a, as a story. Um, but of course, you know, if you've been following the thing, of course, you know that the government response has been all over the place and is a total fucking joke, you know. And of course, it's based on something, you know. Um, so testing, PPE, uh, the whole gamut. Old Matty Hancock uh, was chairing COVID meetings, the first ones, as you may remember. You know, they, they announced on a Thursday in January that they were going to have one on Monday. And you think, well, why don't you just fucking do it, you know? And it was during that period of time, I'm not sure if you remember this, about two weeks, when old, um, you know, Bojo Bonson Johnson just kind of basically went missing. And the Sunday Times talks about how he was, uh, you know, found out that his partner was pregnant was um, trying to finalise the kind of details around a divorce with his wife, who had cancer, and his kids were, you know, kind of upset with all this. So all of these, you know, kind of personal issues in this guy's life, the Sunday Times suggests that that might be why he was basically, you know, not doing much work, like taking a lot of time off, you know, weekends off, um, at various, you know, country retreats that you can kind of, you know, find your way to as Prime Minister and, you know, commandeer, not just Chequers, but there's other places you go to. And, you know, so there's this idea that the personal um, aspects of his life uh, spilled over into the kind of professionalism, <laughs> if you can call a guy like that professional. You know, but basically, we all knew that he was a lazy fucker, and he is, you know. No surprise there. Matty Hancock was doing the COVID meetings, first five about this, and uh, and then Boris decided to chair them. And the reason why that matters is that the, the government, very interesting, that the government have been very hard today on pushing back on this, because they know that a lot of that might stick, you know, the idea that because they want Boris to be Churchill and I was talking about my friend a week or so ago saying well if he survives COVID-19 he'll come back and he'll basically be like you know unbeatable you know he beat the thing that's killing everyone and everyone's going to love him now he can fucking do anything but of course if the idea grows in people's minds that he is actually an incompetent fucking idiot you know which some of us have been saying that for quite a while, you know, but now based, you know, around COVID-19, if that idea grows, then that is obviously not good from number 10's point of view. So they've been really, you know, vociferous in their response, saying, oh, it's not true that COBRA is always headed by the Prime Minister. Well, no one fucking said it is always headed by the Prime Minister, okay? But if you were going to do a, a cross-government response to anything, 
obviously it does need to be headed by the Prime Minister. And the pandemic um, planning, of course, needs other departments rather than just the health department. You can have the Minister for Health chairing COBRA, fine, but then don't expect, you know, the Treasury and all of the other, you know, the Community Secretary, everyone else, like heavily involved in the response to COVID-19 to be at the table because they weren't at the fucking table, you know, and they weren't at the table because the Prime Minister wasn't at the table, yeah? So anyway, um, interesting article, definitely read it, definitely find that link which uh, gives the whole thing, you know, without giving money to that fucking psychopath um, Murdoch, because it's a Sunday Times story. And funnily enough, people are going, oh, it's okay for Owen Jones to, you know, cut and paste um, basically the whole article <laughs> and get 14,000 likes on Twitter about it. Well, what about journalism? And you think, well, great, you know, I don't want to spend my hard-earned cash propping up fucking psychopath billionaire Rupert Murdoch's empire, even just by a little bit, yeah? I don't have any problem paying for, you know, content. I do that all the bloody time, including news content, yeah? That's fine. But I'm not going to give any money to Murdoch, you know? And uh, great, you know, get it for free. Anyway, interesting, it builds on a, a piece in a Time magazine, came out, published on their website, which is free to access. And also, the Financial Times is opening up some aspects of their, um, like, you know, getting it away from the paywall, their, their COVID-19 coverage. Not everything, but some things. And the New York Times is, is doing that as well, I think. So, you know, there's an argument to say that um, the Sunday Times could just take it out of their paywall and let people read the bloody thing. Anyway, Time magazine um, on Friday had a very similar type of thing, but looking at, you know, the UK government's approach to, I mean, you know, like fuck up, basically, the, the, the series of failings, which counts as a kind of response to COVID-19 and you know so it's interesting that that in itself is becoming a story Reuters did it last week you know so that in itself like around the world people are realizing that the UK government have fucked up in a major way you know Sunday Times got a lot of um, you know notice today because they did it they did it it's a good job like it's definitely worth reading it's a good piece of journalism they got people like insiders in number 10 anonymously talking to them like it's not based on nothing you know and it certainly kind of does you know gives a bit of a narration over the top of the last couple of months but of course we all know that testing is and PPE is you know all over the place because we're fucking living the thing of you know this is the the epicenter of the problem in in Britain at the moment those things you know the person today was talking about testing not necessarily being, uh, you know, critical. And you think, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, what are you talking about? I uh, the, the thing with testing is very simple to me. I mean, I may have got this wrong, but it seems to me that they just didn't have the capacity. They made a big mistake in not localising the uh, effort 
and basically saying to every lab, like I was saying the other day, every lab, as soon as they, you know, kind of heard about COVID-19, you know, okay, let's get testing out there. So they don't have enough tests. And of course, then they have to prioritize it, you know, but you do not want the bloody medical spokesperson on the government briefing to say, oh yeah, you know, testing has its place. You just want them to put their hands up and say, yeah, we got it wrong. We fucked up. We were weeks late with organizing this. We shouldn't have centralized it. And that means that we don't have enough. Basically, we do not have enough. And I'd rather be in Germany than in the UK. But unfortunately, we're living in the fucking UK at the moment. You know, I'd rather be in Iceland than the UK. So, yeah, Uh, interesting article, definitely worth reading. And it's got a lot of people think. And it adds to the sense that, you know, it is all just, uh, you know, clips are being repeated now. And I've done a couple, you know, last on on this podcast um, of people saying things, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, which just sound abysmal, you know. But they also sounded abysmal when they were saying it, you know. And Boris Johnson saying he's shaking hands with people with COVID-19. Of course, he sounds like a fucking clown that doesn't know what he's doing, you know. Um, And again, like today, you know, people are saying things where in a couple of years, there's going to be on the news. You know, this was a mistake. This was a mistake. I've got a strong feeling that on Tuesday or at some point next week, they're going to say wear masks. And then you think, well, what about all the last six weeks where you've been saying don't wear masks you know so it's a train crash basically a proper train crash plane crash car crash every kind of crash and it adds to the sense of a kind of you know degradation it doesn't help that we've had 10 years of austerity 10 years of austerity had a fundamental material impact on the t on the ppe crisis that we're going through at the moment you know it doesn't help that that fucking clown got voted in a couple of months ago. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, you really do think, what the fuck is going on in Britain sometimes? It adds to the sense of, you know, climate catastrophe. Everything is dying. <laughs> Jolly Sunday chat. Something made of metal as an owl on a stick. With a curved stick, and it's it's all iron, made of iron. It's rotating. Is it a piece of a boiler, massive old oven setup? And the feeling this is a very old house, and it's being run in exactly the same way it would have been run originally, if this indeed isn't actually the past. Which it could be. Somebody's trying to use a drinking straw and it's becoming a great depositor of what they need. The fluids from within them are falling out of the drinking straw, going on the table. There are babies there and of course the babies don't have faces yet. Some of them have cotton wool wrapped around them. Quite literally though. And... They look like, well, they look like little miniature snow bundles because of all the cotton wool. 
people are coughing on all the cotton wool. It's just so much of it in the air, dust, the cotton wool dust. Everyone's choking. Hardly anyone can breathe. It's not a healthy environment for anyone really to live in at all. So, I don't know if you know this about me. Some people know this about me, but I don't advertise it. But I've got a um, superpower, basically. My superpower is that I can tell when there is a Mark in the room, a man called Mark, or a boy called Mark, a male called Mark. There's something about Marks that I just pick up, you know? Maybe it's because my mother was in tune with um, supernatural elements and you know <laughs> this is a byproduct of that so i don't know i can't explain it you know it's a gift or is it a curse that's definitely a gift um i can tell who, if your name is mark basically that's what i'm telling you and there's something that connects all marks together i don't know if people called mark know this but to me, it makes absolute sense that this person is called Mark. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that they're all alike, because they are not, they're not all alike. All Marks are not alike. There is a Mark in the north east of Britain, who I know, a friend of mine, who trains police divers when they're going to find bodies in the sea. He trains them to do that. He trains uh, mountain rescue people. And uh, the guy is basically extraordinary man, absolutely extraordinary. Was the um, was Britain's disco dance champion in 1982 as well, weirdly. Anyway, and, and then I know Marks who are not like that at all, you know. Quite quiet fellows, but also called Mark. But both of them, it makes absolute sense to me that they're called Mark, you know, it makes absolute sense. Anyway, I am developing, developing a kind of unified theory of Toms. There's something about Toms. I'm kind of getting warm to Toms. Right? Get this. Okay, stick with me. Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. Very different people. Very different actors. Very different, you know, outlooks on life. But it makes total sense they're called Tom. Yeah? You got me, yeah? You get me. My mate Tom in Shropshire sent that recording a couple of weeks ago. He could not be called anything else. There's various other Toms I know. Toms in my life. They could not be called anything else. But then there is Thomas. Thomas the tank engine. Thomas the banker who won MasterChef the other day. I fucking hate it when the baddies win MasterChef, man. It really brings me down, man. It really brings me down. I wanted the artist to win. I wanted the lady from China to win who came over to live in the UK when she was 13. Um, and clearly went through a lot of racist abuse, you know. People taking the piss out of her school children, taking the piss out of her food that she'd bring in. Um, well, fuck you, you know. You're better, she's a better cook than all you motherfuckers put together. Um, but fuck you anyway, even if she wasn't a good cook. Anyway, I wanted those people to win, but the fucking banker won. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. He could only be called Thomas, you know? 
What is it about the woman that looks after Thomas and Jerry that she calls Tom the cat, Thomas? I mean, you're not, you're either Tom or you're Thomas. You're not, you can't be both. You cannot be both. And my unified theory of Tom's has got nothing to do with Thomas. It's got nothing to do with Tommy's. Nothing to do with Tomo's, right? I'm talking about Tom. Anyway, Tom Jones. There's no way that Tom Jones could be called anything else. What else is he going to be called? Alid Jones? Do me a favour. He's Tom Jones. Uh, Tom Jones the book. <laughs> Same thing. You get the gist. Anyway, Tom, 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 Tom. I'll speak to you tomorrow. I'd type very little COVID-19. No, I wasn't going anywhere with that. It's nothing to do with COVID-19 for Tom Talk. Um, better than, yeah. Listen, next week starts on Saturday, yeah? No, Monday, tomorrow. Uh, next week, going to be interesting. See if Bojo Bonjo Bonjo is back. See if he's dead. Might be dead. Probably not, but, you know, might be. Never know from him. Um, see if we can not get the bloody thing. We've done so well, very well so far. So well, very far. We've done brilliantly so far. And, uh, you know, just about keeping it together. I think the bad weather, well, not bad, but quite a bit cold weather kind of helped um, like settle that sense of wanting to go out. And we've actually had a really nice couple of days. Our electricity went today in the kitchen. It's a fucking nightmare just as we were cooking our dinner. And we're like, oh, Christ. Eventually, we phoned up the landlady and she said that the fuse box was in the uh, attic. So it wasn't that bad. But it did make us think it is going to be something like that that drives us out of the house, you know. Because although it's not welcome, of course, it is possible for somebody to come into the house when we're out of the house, like driving around or whatever, some going somewhere for a while. And then we come back a couple of hours later and just clean everywhere, you know. Um, and I was thinking maybe I should wear masks and or make masks, make uh, like emergency set of masks just in case we need, need to leave the house. So yeah, so you got it back on the old COVID there. Got it back on COVID. I got it back on COVID. My mother, as well as being Scottish, was Irish. So I have relatives in Ireland. I consider myself Irish. I love Ireland. I feel like I'm more Irish than English, like definitely. And definitely more Scottish than English, definitely. Even though I, you know, I can't help that I was brought up and born in England. I can't help it. Please do not judge me on that. Please do not. Anyway, <laughs> take care. See you tomorrow. Goodbye.